had an intention to achieve a goal but failed due to the fear of not being able to achieve it? Well, that's very common and that's what we're going to discuss in this episode. So hop on. My first step ever podcast helps growth-minded youth across the globe who are hungry to achieve their goals. This self-help podcast uncovers the unique stories of people across the globe who are living a fulfilled life. With their wisdom, strategy and actionable steps, this podcast helps you take your first step ever. Hey everyone, I'm Ishani Nigam, the producer and host of this podcast. A creative and a curious soul based out of Melbourne with a background in marketing, digital content and design, I help create content that inspire and educate my audiences. I love to help entrepreneurs, coaches, brands that need to have a voice through podcasting. If you're looking to Enhance your brand through podcasting where you can share more information about you, your work. I'm up for a chat. Reach out to me at myfirststepever underscore in my Instagram account. And for now, let's tune into this episode. You have tuned into My First Step Ever and today we will again embark on a journey to uncover a very interesting story of resilience and a story of finding oneself finding the fulfillment in the journey so that you can help yourself take the first step towards your journey of fulfillment and today we have for the first time ever on my first step ever a guest speaker from singapore please join me in welcoming nidhi belani hi nidhi hi shani thank you for having me i'm so excited to have you on my first step ever it's like a very unique addition to the show today firstly because you're from singapore and secondly because i am so honored to have a person who has been flying with a singapore airline for the very long period of time and now you have your own coaching company so let me tell my listeners nidhi belani she is an interview and people skills specialist and that's why we have her here because i know a lot of you you're at that point in your life who's preparing for a job career or for your own sake you would like to you know have that skills of communicating with people to be able to emote yourself in in words that is very 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 important and she is also a certified image consultant an NLP coach and she's ACTA certified trainer and founder at Success Talk now she has an immense base of fans and membership on her socials youtube channel around 50000k that i mean 50000 that is amazing and that speaks volume of what sort of content that she's putting out there and that people are really liking and they have been benefited from it because from her coaching services her academy that it's based out of singapore she's able to train a lot of people into the airline industry but I think the skill set that she has will be helpful to anyone who's planning to apply for interviews. So that's why we have Nidhi Velani today over here. So Nidhi, I think the the successful thing about any person is the journey that they have taken. You are here at a certain stage, you have made your mark, but 
to reach here, you had your own challenges, your own struggles and learnings. And that's why uh, it's very important for us to, you know, understand that journey. So people who are listening to us can also understand that how they can pave their way ahead. So going all the way back when you <laughs> thought of entering into the airline industry, which is which was maybe an unconventional industry at that point in time to enter. So did you face any challenges while entering the airline industry as a cabin crew? And if yes, what were you told by other people? So I have been a little more fortunate than everyone else, uh, I have to say, especially when it comes to the aviation industry, because my sister, who is still actually a cabin crew, she flies for Air India, our national carrier. And uh, she used to actually then fly as well when I was just embarking on my journey to becoming a cabin crew. And uh, unlike very conservative parents, my mom actually is, is the reason why I actually joined <laughs> Singapore Airlines. So she's not one of those um, orthodox parents. She was, she's very open. She's very motivating. And she, she's the one who actually pushed us. She's the one who used to take me to all the interviews. In fact, the reason I cracked Singapore Airlines interview I have to give the entire credit to her because of certain wisdom that she shared with me uh, and which I actually still share with my students because I think it is still so relevant. If she hadn't shared that wisdom with me, I don't think I would have been able to crack that interview. But yes, of course, I wouldn't deny that there were no challenges. At that point in time, the interviews were not as simple as they are at this point in time, although I know people find it still complicated. But you know, at that point in time, we had to, I had to wait for one year before I could actually get recruited. So the interview processes were not as streamlined. That's one. And of course, I mean, as I said, for me particularly, I didn't face the challenge because I used to be a model back then and I used to MC. So I was pretty much part of that <laughs> not so conventional, you know, that kind of world itself. But I understand a lot of people around me that I knew did face these challenges, especially the girls who would come for interviews. So I could definitely relate to it, which I still do at this point in time, especially when I talk to some of the people or my students who want to become a cabin crew. So I think I'll just give a context to our listeners. Uh, Nidhi comes from India. On a general level, there are few certain careers in India which are seen as risk-free and your parents want the best for their children so they would like to you know advise them to go ahead with certain careers but as we can see that Nidhi's parents they were quite happy to explore and experiment and let her take her own journey forward so there is a mix of thought and thought process in India as well and I think it's growing right now that's great that you had parents who really motivated you especially your mom she helped you out what is really important and interesting that even though you had that push and that support from your family, you were also into it and, and you tried your best because I think at the end of the day, it comes down to you. If you would have not taken that effort and if you would have not built on it, sure, it would have been difficult for you to you know, <laughs> go past certain stages. It's a good combination of you know your mother supporting you. That is actually a very big contribution that comes at the very early stage of someone's career. And the second thing is your own resilience. So that was amazing. Is there any other thing that you you can think of that might have been a hurdle for you or it was something, your internal challenges that you faced just before or maybe just while you started your career? Oh, of course. A lot of them, actually. <laughs> so, you know, and I've never shared this before, but before I actually joined Singapore Airlines, I had a major surgery. 
And I came to Singapore just 15 days after a major surgery. So, you know, uh, coming to a different place altogether after you have had a major surgery. And I was actually told during the training that I have to put on close to six kgs because I was underweight. And if I don't do that in two months, I'll be sent back. Uh, so that was another challenge. Assimilating into an entirely different culture because Singapore has an absolutely different culture from, you know, what you experience anywhere, anything out there. So just, you know, assim assimilating yourself to this entire culture. And especially, you know, in as Indians, you, you have your own set of cultures. So as Indians, you're very used to asking a lot of questions. <laughs> but, but that's not the culture here. So you really have to, you know, change yourself. You really have to embrace their culture. And of course, the job itself, I mean, the training itself, uh, we've, we've all heard of this, that, you know, cabin crew training is one of the most uh, aggressive trainings out there. And uh, Singapore Airlines, especially, uh, Singapore Airlines is one of the longest trainings, actually, the best and the longest. <laughs> and they really put you through a lot of rigorous training processes and things like that. So that is definitely a big challenge. And, you know, just staying all by yourself in a new place, new country, minimum resources. So overall, everything definitely was, was a huge challenge. But as I said, you know, as you said, it's, it's really about being resilient, you know, finding those areas of opportunities and finding resources and creating opportunities as well. I think that's really, really important. So I think I made amazing friends who till date are just very, very supportive. And, you know, instead of actually just, and, and, and that, that this I think was really important, which really, I think got me where I am today. And I'm very proud of this. Although I have kept ties to mind in culture, but at the same time, I was very open to embracing this entire culture here as well. So I think that was that was really, really important. Like, you know, I never behaved as if I, I, I'm not open to accepting anyone's else culture. And I think that's really important. So, yeah, those were some of the challenges that I faced. But yeah, I did put on six kgs <laughs> and I did manage to clear the training. But then the, the flying, you know, the entire flying process as well is, is very challenging just learning new things, unlearning a lot of things. I think that's another aspect of it. But I'm really glad that Singapore Airlines actually gave me a lot of opportunities. And so I was one of the first non-supervisory trainers in Singapore Airlines because I was always from the training background and I really wanted to pursue my training. So actually, honestly, a cabin crew was not really my dream job. <laughs> Unlike a lot of other people, I always wanted to be a coach ever since I was young. I knew I wanted to be a trainer and that that was my dream job. And I'm very happy that I'm living my dream job now, but Singapore Airlines has a huge, huge part to play. And I don't regret, regret even a single day of it because in my 10 years of flying, I did not even take a single medical leave because I didn't feel the need to do it. I absolutely loved the job, taught me a lot and it gave me a lot of opportunities. And that's why I'm able to do what I'm doing now. I think Singapore Airlines has done an amazing job because you are all praises about them. I am. I, I would love that them to hear this if they are. If one of them is listening to this, or maybe I would just like to put it out there. I, I would like to emphasize on a few things in your journey, as you were just mentioning. I was listening to it very, very intently. Two very important things that you mentioned. I think a lot of students who are listening to us, youngsters who are listening to us, that, and they'll relate. Most of us, we want to go out to a different place, live our own life. Or have our own space at this point in time because we want to discover more about ourselves who we are and where we want to be and one of the major part of it is to go to a different 
place, even if not a different country, just to relocate to a different city, have our own life. And they could relate definitely with your challenges of going to a new country. And thank you for sharing, you know, what is an essential part of adapting yourself to a new country is to be open to the culture, to the country that you are, to give a listening ear to what you are there for, you know, understanding things. And second very important point that you mentioned is friends. That is, that's a very, very, very important point. It's very, very challenging to not have someone around you that you like in a different, in a new country and being all by yourself. I think it's a major part that you need to have people around you, your people around you that really helps you to, you know, in your journey. See, I think any, in any which way one will go ahead in the journey. But how and what's the quality of the journey that you're looking at is defined by the kind of people that you're surrounded with. And finally, I would like to address this thing because that was really challenging for you. You had a surgery uh, just 15 days before flying, but you were determined that you want to go there and you, you did put on those six kgs. So I think a lot of us are in such, such situations where we find that this is our limitation, you know. This has happened now, I can't go past it. So I just want to emphasize on that point and ask one more question. Why or how, how did you find that strength that, you know, whatever it is, I will go and I will make it? What helped you go past the fear of the surgery that you had? And, you know, you're like, I'm going to go there. If I mean, that could really help our listeners understand that how they can go past their fears. I think that's a very good question. In fact, fear is an important part of interview coaching, <laughs> getting rid of it, rid of your fears. And I take it very seriously. In fact, we have a dedicated, so as part of our modules that we teach, getting rid of your fears is actually a very important aspect of the coaching itself. And as an NLP coach, I focus it on from a very subconscious level, because a lot of us build a lot of our fears on our experiences, our past experiences, and without realizing they kept building on and on and on. And we just focus on the fear. We never really focus on the root cause of the fear. So the, the day you're able to eliminate the root cause of the fear, you're actually able to eliminate the fear itself. That's how it progresses, right? For going back to my particular experience, I think, I think there were two things which made me push beyond that fear. And I would say it was internal and external both. Uh, so let me focus on the external first. So definitely having the right people around you makes a lot of difference. And just pushing myself beyond that fear that I can do it came from my mom because believe it or not, she actually followed me to Singapore. Yeah, she, she followed me and she made sure that I'm taken care of. And, you know, so, so definitely a major push came from there, right? Knowing that your mom's going to be there with you. I think, I think I can never go back and thank her enough <laughs> for doing that. And that still gives me goosebumps and makes me cry a little bit sometimes for what she's done for us. Uh, but yeah, so I think that was really, really important, that external push that she's going to be there and, you know, I can do this. So I think that was really, really important. And second, I think is your, is your belief system, which is very internal. So I have grown as a person who has always taken up challenges as areas of opportunities. So I'll share an example with you. So when I first started emceeing, first, my first ever MC event was actually an impromptu event, which means that it was not a job that I was given to do, but I was actually at an event and the MC for some reason did not turn up because it was raining and the person got caught up. And they had to do the event, right? And I was there with my mom and my 
mom was like, hey, why don't you give it a go? You know, you always wanted to be an MC. Why don't you start the event? You know, at least get people rolling and stuff. And I said, you know, it's daunting. And and that's that's where I pushed myself. And I was like, yeah, you know, what's there to lose? At most, people wouldn't like it, right? So one of the things that you have to also realize is that once you push yourself beyond that point, it's your belief system that really helps you to get going, knowing that at the end of the day, there can only two things that can happen. Either you get it or you don't get it, right? So, so you have to be willing to accept whatever the consequences, but taking that first step is really, really important. So for me, I think that really pushed me because my belief system has always been that I will take that first step, whatever the consequence might be, I will accept it. You know, it was meant to be, but if it doesn't happen, I will understand why it didn't happen and I will work on it. And then we'll see where it goes from there. Like, as I said, you know, I took that first step to come to Singapore Alliance and maybe I would not have been able to gain six kgs, you know, and I would have been sent back, but at least I took that first step. So I think that 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 is what would be the answer to that question. My internal belief system of knowing that you have to take that first step. Now, through your journey, the real situations that you face, we can justify this to our listeners that they can see for themselves that how taking small steps or taking the first step towards whichever journey they want to go. We never know what the future is going to be, but not giving a shot is something that you might regret later on. So, and also would like to pick one thing from what you said. In your situation, there were two factors, external and internal, as you mentioned. And I would like to focus on the internal one because we cannot control our external surroundings. We might or we might not have someone's support. But what you mentioned that how you felt inside that I want to give it a try. You asked that question what is the worst that could happen? And when you think of that, you really feel it's not that bad. It's okay. At least I will not regret that I never tried. So, okay. So anyone who's listening to this, I think you might take this back today and you will really like this thing when you ask yourself if you're in a situation that what is the worst that could happen? I can guarantee you that that question and when you get the answer, you'll have the feeling, let's give it a try. That could definitely come uh, from your mind. Going forward, now that you always wanted to be a coach and now that you have your own business and it's doing very well, I wanted to ask you, you are an interview specialist. You help people with the way that they carry themselves throughout the interview and you're also an influencer on social media. How did you take your first step towards the business as side of your life? Because I think working for about 15 good years uh, in a job as an employee, how did the things turn for you when you wanted to start your own business? Definitely not easy. <laughs> it's quite daunting when you, you embark on something like that because, you know, and, and especially when you don't have a team. I mean, I'm, I'm happy that at this point in time, I do have a team that I work with. And uh, that goes to show that you're successful. But of course, when you when you take that first step and you don't have a team, someone like me who didn't have the team, I had to do everything. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm my own content creator. I'm my own marketeer. I'm my own salesperson. I'm my own business setup and everything. So definitely, it was very daunting. And of course, you don't really know what to do first and what to do next. So there are a lot of experiments that you go through as well. But I think one thing was very clear to me when I when I started doing actually two things were very clear to me when I started doing this business. I think one thing that I knew was that before I even start coaching people, 
I have to have a brand identity. I, I need to have some sort of thought leadership. So you cannot actually tell people that you do something without showcasing to them that you can do it. I realized that it does it just does not come from testimonials. It can actually come from a lot of different things. And that is where the idea of starting a YouTube channel and doing content creation on Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff came into play because I really wanted to just empower people. I wanted to give information to people. And from that perspective, I wanted to tell people that I have, you know, the knowledge, I have the authority and I can help you instead of just saying that, hey, come to me, I can help you. I think that's the second thing that's really important, you know. So the so first was, of course, you know, making sure that I established that brand authority, that thought leadership. And of course, in your own way. So, you know, a lot of times people think that we as coaches don't learn and we don't in, enroll ourselves in learning programs, but we do. I'm an actor certified trainer. I'm an NLP coach. So you have to invest in your own learning as well. Learning does, doesn't stop as a coach. You just don't teach people, <laughs> but you also learn, right? So you have to have those accreditations. And at the, at the same time, you have to be really open, I think, to learning from other people and learning new ways. Because as I said, when I started off with what I wanted to do first is not exactly what I'm doing right now. <laughs> it's entirely different from what I'm doing right now. So having that knowledge and to be able to show that knowledge is really important. And at the same time, having that niche is really important. So even, even though, as you said, I do train people for interviews in general, but I wanted to develop that niche to show that brand authority by just focusing on maybe cabin crew in particular, because I do have a lot of relevant experience. So yeah, that, that's how it started. Uh, but of course, as I said, you know, a lot of times people said, no, they don't want to take up the coaching. A lot of times I didn't know what's the price point. Uh, I don't know which country should I be focusing on. I didn't know what my target audience is. So yeah, there were a lot of challenges. And, and these are some of the challenges that you face when you start your own business, maybe any business. Those were some really quick and very important essential pain points. That's very important. You know, you need to show people what you can do before you ask them that, you know, that, hey, I can help you. It's very important to let them see and feel that what change you can make. And that was bang on. So now that we have the interview specialist over here, I think that it's only fitting to ask for a question for our listeners today that if you're able to share your top three tips for any in interview session. So actually, instead of sharing three top tips, I'm actually going to divide these tips into three phases of the interview, if, if that makes any sense. And then I'll share a tip for each phase, because I think it's really important to focus on your interview preparation from this perspective. Because, you know, you'll always have a lot of tips, but it's, it's a good idea to go backwards and see what should be your area of focus and what do you need in that particular moment. So I think the first and the most important thing is pre-interview. <laughs> this is where, you know, you put in all your energy into preparing for the interview. And one important tip that I want to share with everyone here is practice is the key. But remember with the right feedback. So that's really important because a lot of people keep practicing and practicing and practicing, but they don't even know that they're actually practicing the wrong thing. So when they go for the interview, they will actually end up doing the wrong thing. And then you don't end up getting the result that you want. And then you question yourself, oh, I did practice. So what, did, what was actually wrong? But you wouldn't know what was wrong because you don't have the right feedback. And you know, one of the things a lot of people will tell you is stand in front of the mirror and practice your answers, right? You, we would have heard this all the time. But my question to a lot of people is, 
that's great. But does the, does the mirror give you feedback? Does the mirror turn around and tell you what did you do wrong? Does the mirror actually allow you to play back what you did? So you can actually see what you did. So I think, I think that's really important, preparing in the right direction with the right feedback and with the right techniques is, is something that people don't focus on. Like a lot of people still focus on, you know, writing down 100, 200 interview answers. But I can tell you, you can actually just prepare 50 answers or even maybe 30 answers. You don't even have to prepare 200 answers because most likely those 30 answers are the similar answers to those 200 questions. Right, just that you you're not working with the right techniques. So I think that is very very important, and that's what I would tell as an interview coach to everyone: prepare with the right feedback in the right direction with the right techniques, <laughs> and that will really really help you. Uh, of course, the second part is the interview itself because that is where the performance really counts. Uh, that is where you have to put in your confidence into play. That is where whatever that you have prepared all this far would have to be implemented. But that is the time where our nervousness takes over everything, right? Because we suddenly become nervous, we suddenly fumble and stuff like that. So one key thing that I want to tell everyone is that you don't have to be perfect, okay? Just remember this. When you're at the interview, you don't have to be perfect. A lot of people really focus on giving perfect answers, really focus on having that perfect, perfect smile or whatever, right? <laughs> but at the end of the day, it's really not about being perfect. It's really about being personalized because the interviewers who are sitting there really just want to get to know you. They really want to have that conversation with you. They don't want to ask you questions. Questions is just a way to have a conversation with you, but it doesn't mean that you have to only give answers. You can actually have a conversation. And, and that will definitely make you stand out. And I always tell people, you know, the interviewers are sitting there to select you. They've not organized this entire thing because they want to reject people, right? And that's the mindset that all of us have. When we go to the interviews, the first question that we think to ourselves is, oh, will I get rejected today? Right? We never tell ourselves, will I get selected today? <laughs> right? So it's the mindset thing, you know? So you've got to really just put yourself in the interviewer's shoes because they are there to select you. They're not sitting there to reject you. It's, it's your own mindset that's limiting you from putting yourself out there. The owners is on you. If you can actually tell your interviewers that I am the right fit for this job, there is no reason why they will not hire you today. Right. So so that's that's the interviews part of it. So, you know, your belief system, your mindset, how you approach your perspective. Once you change that, I think you'll see a lot of difference in how you present yourself. And of course, post interviews, I think what's really, really important is to take the rejection the hard way, but also learn the hard way. <laughs> so if you take the rejection, but you don't do anything about it, I think then you're just wasting time and opportunity. And a lot of people don't understand that. Time is an opportunity cost that you are losing. So when you get rejected, if you don't do anything about it and you just wait that, okay, maybe next time I will do better, that's not going to help you, right? You have to work on what actually got you rejected and how you can actually make sure the next time you get what you really want. Because those three months that you're sitting and waiting, it's basically loss of time and loss of money. <laughs> right? You could have gotten paid for those three months. So I think overall, what I'm basically trying to tell people is that you have to change your mindset, your perspective, and 
look at it a little bit differently rather than just sitting and practicing interview question answers because that's not what gets you through the interview that i can tell you for sure <laughs> one thing that i can get out of what you just mentioned is be very specific with the kind of feedback that you get and how you act on them and act fast so thank you so much nidhi uh, i think i have gotten so much out of this session today with you in just a small amount of time really like to see how you have grown from the early stages of your professional life to where you're at and you're really fulfilled you like what you're doing in fact this is your dream job as you mentioned so thank you so much for taking us through that journey and before you leave i always ask my guest speakers to leave our listeners with a thought or a saying that you resonate with so there is one thought that i always resonate with and i i feel that's really important in life in general which is nothing is permanent but change These chats leave me with amazing energy and today I like to leave you with that positive energy. If you've liked this episode, enjoyed or learned something out of it, then follow me at my first step ever underscore IN Instagram account where you can get in touch and let me know that what really helped you. And keep following my first step ever podcast on Apple, Google, or spotify whichever platform you love and before i take your leave i would like to say that if you love watching videos this podcast is also available on my youtube channel ishani nigam until next time start believing in yourself and keep believing in yourself